Hello my lovelies, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing good. I have been really trying to fight off getting sick, like you know when you can just see your family one by one getting hit by it and you're like, it's only a matter of time before it gets to me and I was like, all of you stay far, far away from me but then I started to feel it coming on and I've really been doing everything within my power to not succumb to it over the last two days. <laughs> Look, I don't know if any of this kind of natural remedy shit actually does anything, but, you know, maybe if it even like has a bit of a placebo effect, even that is worth doing it for, I guess. To be fair, I actually don't think those kinds of things are completely redundant. I think it's all about like, you know, making sure you have got all the right nutrition and how would how do I describe this? Basically all the right things in your body, everything to add up to allow your immune system to fight it instead of like <laughs> this is sound so stupid. Instead of like, for example, if you were to go out drinking and not get enough sleep, then obviously your immune system's gonna be weak and you're gonna be way more prone to getting sick. So it's like all these little things to support your immune system in fighting the illness so that you maybe see it off within a day or two as opposed to being lying in bed for the whole week. So that's what I've been trying to do. Yesterday, I, you know, was making all my little concoctions, making sure I was getting my greens, my Barocca. I've been obsessing. Okay, you know what? Let's make this my recommendation of the week because let's face it, it's cold season, it's flu season. So maybe this will help you guys too. So get a lemon and ginger tea, preferably, you know which one's really good, the Pukka tea, it's called like lemon, ginger and Manuka honey tea, I think, that one's really good. So make that as just like tea with hot water, but add loads of things to it. So we add, what do we add, let me remember, okay, we add a quarter of a lemon squeezed into it. We add some actual honey because although it's like flavoured with honey, it's not, you know, we want the actual honey in there to soothe the throat. What else do we add? We add more ginger. You can do fresh ginger if you have it. I just did powdered ginger. We add cumin, turmeric. Was there anything else? You can do a little bit of cayenne pepper, you know, if you want to spice things up a little. Oh, and also what'll really do the trick is if you throw a lamb sip into that too, a lemon lamb sip. Obviously, you could just take two paracetamol with it and that would, I guess, have the same effect. But I don't know. There's something about a lamb sip that really just clears your head when you've got a cold coming on. Because, so I made that concoction yesterday morning, but didn't put the lamb sip powder into it. I just had it with two paracetamol. And it helped, obviously, like it cleared the symptoms a little bit. But then that night, I did the exact same thing with the tea, but added the lamb sip powder into it. And oh my God, did I feel way better after it. And then I did that this morning as well before I went to the gym. And I was like, yeah, this is the cure. So that's my recommendation of the week, bit of a random one. <laughs> but I feel like it could help a lot of you. I don't really have much to update you on from last week. My life this week has been quite uneventful. I did have a nice weekend last weekend, though. It was actually really cute. What did I do on the Friday? nothing I think we just cooked on the Saturday I went on a little double date which was fun me and my friend Aoife because our boyfriends actually know each other so that was cute um we thought we were being all like 
classy shall i say going out for cocktails and then literally after two cocktails we were like who the fuck are we kidding let's go to the pub and get pints (laughs) like what are we doing (laughs) also i don't know something about like once you have more than two cocktails they're just so overpoweringly sweet like you're actually just so you get that feeling in your mouth you know that tangy feeling where you're like i can't take this anymore so yeah we just went for pints after that which was fun Although something really weird happened to both me and Aoife. She got really drunk really quickly, which isn't like her. Like She would be able to take her drink quite well. I thought she was okay, but her boyfriend kept being like, right, no, we're going to go home. So obviously he was saying something I wasn't. And then she got back and, I'm not joking you, had full on like alcohol poisoning for more than 24 hours, was just like constantly head over the toilet. So that happened, right? And then see with me, so when they left, we were like, okay, we'll just finish our drinks and go. I FaceTimed my parents to be like, we're finishing up here. We're going to come home. Are you at home? If you are, like, we'll come home and have a drink with you guys. And they were like, yeah, we're home. Come have a drink with us. So we go get a taxi, right? Bear in mind, I haven't drank anymore within the space of like me FaceTiming my parents and then actually getting home. All that's happened is I've got a taxi in that time. I don't know what the fuck happened to me in that taxi, but I went from zero to a hundred. Like I literally couldn't even get out of the car. I had to be carried into the house and I went straight upstairs. I was like, I can't even go into the kitchen. I can't speak to them right now. I, I Apparently I was crying being like, I can't walk. <laughs> like what? So I just thought that was really weird because, well, first of all, I actually didn't consume enough drink to be like that. And secondly like how did that just happen so quickly like in the space of a 10 minute taxi journey it doesn't make any sense and then I was speaking to Aoife about it because obviously I mean mine wasn't as extreme as hers obviously she had literally like 24 hours of alcohol poisoning like maybe even longer than that but when I was speaking to her she was like to be fair that always happens to me when I'm on my period like I get I one I get drunk way quicker and two it always makes me sick when I'm on my period and I was like wait a second I'm also on my period like maybe it is something to do with that and now it's got me thinking like I've never noticed a correlation between the two for no other reason than I just I don't know I've just never thought about it I've never put two and two together but maybe that is what it is and now I'm like really intrigued to find out if other people have experienced the same and like see a correlation as well and I also really want to see then if it happens again I mean obviously I don't want to get like that again but you know I just I don't know I'm intrigued please tell me if this is like a normal thing or if it's something that's happened to you before but I mean I was in bed and fast asleep by like I don't know 12 or 1 o'clock so I wasn't even hungry for the next day because I got a full night's sleep and just we got up and had a really nice day actually went on a lovely big walk when it was like one of those really nice like cold but sunny blue sky days went on a big walk got a nice coffee went to St George's Market which is literally my favorite thing to do on a Sunday like that is my ideal Sunday I think going on a nice walk and going to St George's Market and just having a little dander around all the stalls I wasn't even hungry because we made breakfast we made breakfast burritos before we left which was so good I haven't had breakfast burritos in ages But yeah, so we weren't even going to St. George's for food, just a little wander around. And actually, you know what? If you are from Northern Ireland, it's a really great place to go for Christmas presents or to just like get ideas. I now know that I want to go back and get certain things for Christmas presents. So 
yeah, really recommend that. And also because like most people there are, you know, like local, what, what am I trying to say here? Local businesses, that's the word. They're like small businesses and crafty things, you know, homemade ceramics, jewelers, things like that. And I think it's really lovely to buy local for Christmas. Oh my God. And you know what we made on Sunday night for dinner? A fake Chinese takeaway. And it slapped so hard. Like, I actually think I enjoyed it more than I would have enjoyed the real thing. Because, I don't know, there's something really nice about being able to make it to exactly how you want it. Do you know what I mean? Like, the perfect level of crispiness of chips and the perfect spice level of the curry sauce. And I don't know, there was just something about it that I genuinely thought it was way better than a normal Chinese takeaway and now I'm like I'm gonna do this every single weekend. I'll definitely get a recipe up for it but I'm pretty sure I did one this time last year. I think when I got my new air fryer and I was testing out like different recipes where you could just stick everything in the air fryer and I'm pretty sure then I did like a air fryer Chinese fake away where I just kind of chucked it all in together like the chips and the peppers and onions and tofu and then I just pour curry sauce over it all but I'll definitely get on to doing an updated recipe because wow was that sensational the other day pit and peak of the week pit for sure is just like that illness coming in the other day but thank god it was literally a day of just having a bit of brain fog not feeling myself feeling like when I I don't know about you guys but when I get sick I also get a bit down which is weird it's such a contrast from, do you remember like when you're back in school and you used to love being sick? Like, oh my God, I loved getting sick. <laughs> Even if I felt really unwell, I just loved the fact that I got to take the day off and have the house to myself, eat like those comfort foods and things and just watch TV. I think because you never really got the chance to do that when you're in school. It was so nice to have that time. And I was just like, really cherish the time that I was sick whereas I think when you get sick when you're an adult it actually just gets you down you're like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) I'm just gonna have so much more to do tomorrow or when I feel better but yeah the plan is to really just kind of look after my body throughout November I'm not saying I'm fully off alcohol like I'm not saying it's gonna be a sober sober month but there's definitely gonna be maximum like I'd say two nights of drinking just because I do I do want to look after myself and I I'm also very aware like with Christmas party season coming up and how hectic that's gonna be November's also just a bit of a hectic month for me not only work-wise but also uh I don't want to talk about it just yet so I'm not gonna say it sorry that's so annoying to do It, it sounds like I'm being one of those people that's like got so many exciting things coming up that I can't talk about it's not like that like it's not anything to do with me I don't know some work collaboration or anything like that it's like more of a personal thing yeah well I I think I'll be able to speak about it next week I just you know when you don't want to talk about something too early in case you jinx it so until everything is literally finalized I'll be able to speak about it then but yeah Overall, like all those things combined just means that November is a very hectic month. And then obviously like in the lead up to Christmas and stuff, I just, I really, I don't want to get sick. And I am in a really good place at the minute in terms of my routine. And I'm really valuing that because, because of that little slump I had in October, 
I'm just really valuing the fact that I can focus on my routines and like make sure I'm in a good headspace. My peak of this week, probably my Sunday. I just had such a lovely Sunday. As I told you before, you know, the walk, the cafe, oh, any day is good when you get your favourite coffee. St George's Market, then we went to Botanic after I got a fresh juice from Juice Jar. It's just a gorgeous day, full of all my favourite things. And I, oh my god, hate to cringe you all out, but like, I do just feel so loved at the minute. (laughs) I'm so sorry to anyone who doesn't want to hear this. But yeah, I'm really like, I'm just in a little bubble. I'm not gonna lie. I've honestly never experienced anything that's like, or sorry when I say anything, I've never experienced a relationship that is this healthy, this two-sided, this communicative, just everything. Like, honestly, just everything. I honestly feel like when I wrote down, like, after my last breakup, when I wrote down my non-negotiables and all that, and, like, you know when you just have in your head what your ideal kind of relationship looks like? And I'm experiencing that. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what have I done to deserve this? And I think maybe like, I'm going to say about a month ago, that almost not freaked me out. You know what? I'm actually going to do a whole podcast dedicated to talking about this. How going from like, not necessarily the healthiest relationships or like sometimes verging on toxic or definitely toxic breakups anyway, um, to healthy and like how you respond to that and how it can make your nervous system kind of freak out a little bit I do actually want to do like a whole episode talking about that so look out for that but yeah about a month ago I would say I I think I was like oh my god freaking myself out a little bit like why are things so smooth and so easy and no drama I've obviously had to sit with that and like you know dig deeper and work out where that was stemming from well I I always knew where I was stemming from to be fair like if you're gonna do a five month uh extremely chaotic toxic breakup and then go into a healthy relationship obviously the nervous system's gonna be like what the fuck's going on here (laughs) whereas now I'm past that I fully like relaxed into it and not that I wasn't relaxed into it sorry I'm really not explaining myself very well Uh, yeah and I don't want to explain it more because as I said I want to talk about this in a full other episode but anyway I am just feeling very loved at the minute and I'm on cloud nine and I'm very happy for myself and sometimes I literally wake up and I can't believe it it's like everything I've ever dreamed of has come true in a person well in a relationship takes two to tango doesn't it words of this week an oldie but a goodie and it's just you can't be everyone's cup of tea Similar vibes to that actually is you could be the juiciest peach in the bowl, but that doesn't change the fact that some people still don't like peaches. I think the sooner you can accept that, the better. Like the less caught up then you'll be on other people's opinions of you and the less you will try to like people please everyone and fit everyone's kind of mold just to suit them because I mean, ultimately that doesn't matter, does it? yeah you should be proud of who you are and happy with it and content and just because you're not someone's cup of tea doesn't make you less valuable as a person in the same way that you not liking someone else doesn't change them as a person Ah, mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This week's podcast topic, I wanted to speak a little bit about codependency in relationships and how it almost feels like there's a bit of a fine line between what is a healthy, trusting, loving relationship versus what is codependency and I'll explain I'll get into it and explain why I think there is and can often feel like there is a bit of a fine line with it but what sparked this in me was I am still I didn't finish it in the end I know I said last week I was gonna try and finish it by the end of the week but I'm still currently reading notes on heartbreak and absolutely loving it by the way really really good book I mean fingers crossed I'll have maybe finished it by next week's episode who knows but I read this partner I'm gonna read it out to you now because this is kind of like what sparked this uh want for me to talk about it in the podcast today so basically she's talking about after her breakup and her friend basically came to her and said you know like I think you'd be happier if in relationships or just in life in general if you kind of centered yourself more and you didn't like rely on someone else for happiness and you know you you did things because you want to do them you go on a walk because you want to go on a walk you go to the cinema because you want to go to the cinema not because you're just trying to constantly people please and do what the other person in the relationship wants and as a result then that makes you happy and then the author of the book her name's Annie Lord she's basically kind of explaining her internal monologue when people would tell her that so that's the bit I want to read out to you now I hate this modern way of viewing love. It's like you've got to be so fucking perfect before you can enter into anything serious. What happens if you've got depression or body dysmorphia? Are you not allowed to accept love? Do you have to ride it out on your own until you've overcome your issues, even if they last a lifetime? And what if love from another allows you to love yourself? Like how Joe helped me love how my belly spills over my jeans or the way that I wore lots of makeup. Does it have to come from you first? Otherwise, you'll always require too much reassurance from an external source. Everyone seems to think Joe and I were damaged because we relied on each other, but isn't that what made us close? What do people want to see? Just two fully formed individuals who never ask each other for anything, who are so self-sufficient that they only spend time together when they want to have fun, and if they need help, they have to go to therapy because, Lord forbid, you ask your partner for support. They're probably the type of person who will say something cold like, I'm not in a position to receive this information right now, and then bits to their friends about how their boyfriend was demanding too much emotional labour when they're trying to work. It's all he's holding you back as if relationships were valued only for how they help you better yourself, how they helped you ditch your phone addiction or speak to you in Spanish so that you pick the language back up. Love isn't a night class though, is it? It shouldn't be about just about self-optimization. Be your own best friend, they say, as if satisfaction means overcoming the feeling of loneliness, because apparently this emotion is not a logical result of the fact that humans are social animals, but a defect that can be eliminated if you spend enough time focusing on hobbies. What's the logical end point of this self-sufficient ideal? The happy couple floating around in separate microclimates that one of them cultivated through a startup business they launched straight after graduating from Cambridge? Why bother being in a relationship at all if it looks like this one? Why not just go at it alone? Eat, pray, bath bomb your way to romantic ecstasy. That was her 
negative internal monologue to her friend telling her that you know she would be better off like focusing more on herself and she does then come to the conclusion she says my lack of agency in so many aspects of my life meant that I expected Joe to center meaning for me and that pressure was frustrating for him a lot of the time why should I wait for someone to tell me my baths are a good idea that a walk is a nice thing to do or that I'm beautiful I don't need to wait for someone else's approval I can do things for myself and feel fuller all on my own so she does come to the more positive conclusion which is good but I think that kind of the little internal rant that she had really made me question like the difference in a codependent relationship in comparison to a really healthy but still loving and trusting supportive relationship and like you know a relation a person that you can rely on because where where do you draw the line in that like you want to be able to rely on your partner to a certain extent for a lot of things do you know what I mean yeah you don't want to solely rely on them to give your happiness that's too much pressure on anyone so I think that's pretty widely accepted but where do we draw this line like where what can you not rely on them for and what can you I looked up the definition of codependency and it says it's an unhealthy dependence on relationships. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid the feeling of abandonment, an extreme need for approval and recognition, a sense of guilt when asserting themselves, a compelling need to control others. To me, that sounds very similar to having an anxious attachment style. I don't know if these kind of not go hand in hand, but maybe people that have anxious attachment styles would maybe be very prone to being quite codependent, I think. Maybe I'm just jumping to conclusions there, but I feel like that sounds about right. Codependency is definitely a two-way kind of, it's a two-way thing, but it relies on there being one person that is like the codependent that really, you know, is the people pleaser, is the anxious attachment style, will do anything for the other person just in order to be in the relationship and to keep things sweet and all of that. And then the other person as a result of that has kind of like a bit more power, I guess, because they know the other person is willing to do that. It it kind of creates this like power imbalance where they are almost like satisfied, I guess, from getting all these things done by this person and like them shifting their whole life to fit this person they're in a way they like kind of feed off of that I guess that's not the case with every codependent relationship some would maybe be more where like both people are equally as like codependent and some would be more like the power imbalance as I just said I don't know I I can definitely think of like someone that I know that was in a really codependent relationship where the other person fucking thrived off of the fact that they became dependent on it if that makes sense like they almost got a kick out of it and there were signs from the start where they would throw in little comments to make the person feel stupid and make the person feel like they needed that person and like without them they literally couldn't get by in life you know, just little comments from the start, like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not what you're supposed to do when you're cooking this or 
literally what would you do without me i i sort all of your shit out like just little comments like that and then it would get worse and worse to the point that then it became like such a toxic relationship and such a weird power dynamic and that's the thing with codependent relationships i i feel like because of that imbalance of power there just always is gonna be this really toxic element where eventually both people kind of feel well maybe more so one person feels like they medically need that person in order to just get by and to live and to be happy even if the relationship is not good and isn't like fulfilling them and isn't maybe necessarily meeting their standards or you know it's just like not what their original idea of the relationship was going to be but now they're in the space where they need that person and so they'll do anything in order to keep that person i think when we hear the word codependency automatically you just think that means people that are really clingy and spend too much time together or like what we deem as being too much time together which i mean who is to say what is too much and too little time to spend together i feel like that's just one of those things you've got to work out for yourself because different things work for different people but codependency I don't actually think is necessarily about being clingy because I think we can all be clingy at times and like we can also go through phases like I know I go through phases where I'm more clingy than others I know like some people when they're hungover are really clingy I think having those natural kind of peaks and troughs of clinginess is completely normal in relationships and we shouldn't necessarily associate clinginess with codependency I think it's a more extreme dependence on like maybe a physical level as well as an emotional level and I guess in like a safety sense and even like social settings because you know you could have two people that might spend in your terms what you think is way too much time together but actually they're very independent people when it comes down to it and you know they both have their own friends, have their own jobs, have their own hobbies, but also on top of those things, just really enjoy spending lots of time together. And that doesn't mean that they're codependent. I reckon it's actually probably a lot easier than you think to slip into kind of codependency behaviours, especially if you are, like, (laughs) how do I describe this? Like, especially if you do really enjoy just spending lots of time together I think then it's really easy to all of a sudden like kind of forget about everything else and look everyone's allowed like a what let's say a six month grace period I think at the beginning of a relationship where you are just kind of in that little bubble and you do forget about other things and then you come out of it and you're like oh shit yeah I've got friends I've got hobbies I need to carry on with the rest of my life but like that's a pretty universal experience I think no one should necessarily be what's the word penalized for that like I'd say all my friends definitely we all give each other a bit of a grace period it's kind of just like it's like an unspoken rule isn't it where that's just what happens at the start of a relationship and you know they're gonna come out of it but if they don't come out of it after like the year then you're like well that's them (laughs) that's them gone now but that's what I mean is that if you don't come out of it then or whenever you realize okay you know back to reality here then you can become very codependent because at that point you've maybe isolated yourself you forgot what makes you happy outside of the relationship 
you have forgot to almost like think for yourself because you think so much as like we and as a couple that your happiness in your brain and like everything you do becomes centered around we and that's when things start to become very codependent sometimes I think I am quite like I could easily slip into codependent behaviors just because okay so for example my weeknights right like my Monday to Thursday or let's say Sunday to Thursday I pretty much every single night I'm in bed by like 10 o'clock I'll go to yoga or dance or do some sort of class in the evening and that's it like I have very like quiet early weeknights and that's just that's just what I enjoy that's me I like to make sure I'm in bed to get my eight hours sleep I'm not a big socializer during the week at all I kind of like to recharge during the week make sure I'm getting my work done and then just like be able to enjoy my weekend and I think as a result of that when I'm in a relationship I can very easily then spend every single one of those weeknights with my partner because I'm not as a result giving up like socializing do you know what I mean Whereas I think if you are like a socializer during the week, then maybe you wouldn't slip into those behaviors so much because you'd be like, no, I see my friends on a Wednesday. I go to this live music gig on a Thursday. Do you know what I mean? You'd have like things more in place to make sure you're not spending every night with them. Whereas because I am just like coming home after my class, having dinner and going to bed, it's like, someone else very easily slots into that but the key thing there is that it's actually not in a codependent way it's more in like a I love spending time with him kind of way so why wouldn't I I oh god I don't know (laughs) when I was thinking about this topic at the start I was like oh fuck am I codependent but the more I read into it the more I was like no I actually really don't think I am because I'm such a hobbies person and Although I don't see my friends as much as I probably should, that's not as a result of being in a relationship because I just know from when I was single, like it was the same. I just, that's just something I need to actually work on. And to be honest, like all of my friends need to work on it. We just need to get better at being more organized and like having things booked and in the diary and shit because you know you know what it's like when everyone's adults and has different working schedules and different shit going on in their lives like it's a lot harder it's not it's not the same as when you were like 16 17 and everyone was just free all the time to meet up wait where was I going with this oh yeah I'm such a hobbies person I value my friendships like I haven't isolated myself or anything like that and I just think there's a difference in relying on someone in a sense of I know I can rely on my partner to be there for me, for example. I know I can rely on him to maybe cook me dinner when I can't be bothered and I'm really busy and and I'm going to end up just like eating shite and instead he'll offer to cook me dinner. Or I know I can rely on him to give me a back massage when my back's sore from my period. Do you know what I mean? I know I can rely on him for like, those kinds of things but does that mean that I rely on him solely for my happiness no absolutely not and does that mean I rely on him to pull me out of like a bad headspace you know if I'm struggling with my mental health that week no that is not on him at all and although yeah I know he'll be there for me and I can open up to him and I can talk about it with him and that'll probably lighten the load 
it's also not something he can fix. Do you know what I mean? That's on me entirely. And that's up to me to sort out whether that be by engaging in healthier habits, by journaling, by making sure I'm getting outside, by potentially going to therapy. Like there are so many other ways. And that's not to say that your partner won't ever make you feel better. Obviously they will. Your partner's like your favorite person. They should, not should as in like, (laughs) they have to make you feel better. But like naturally as your like favorite person ever, they're probably just going to make you feel better by default. And that's amazing. But also it's not what you should rely on to make you feel good all the time. So it's like knowing you can rely on the person and you can trust them but without being fully reliant on them and that's what I mean when I say about the fine line like you are kind of always teetering on that edge I reckon I have a friend this is a different friend to the last one I spoke about and they were just in the most toxic and codependent relationship and I don't even think they could see it and I don't even know if now looking back on it they can even see it even though I've tried to tell them (laughs) and probably everyone else has tried to tell them and but it was so bad to the point that I literally would never see her like she went from being this social butterfly would see her all the time to just like never once seeing her then but I, I would still talk to her on the phone on snapchat like send each other voice notes that kind of thing And she went from being like the most confident person literally that I know, like the loudest in the room, the most confident, like proper bad bitch energy to honestly hating herself. Like she just really, that relationship made her just feel like not herself. She fell out of all the habits that are the hobbies that she would normally have done she pushed everything aside to make this other person happy um when they were struggling to make sure they were always spending time together you know to always cook for them to make their life easier or to always do their washing to make their life easier because maybe they were working long hours and just like to the point that I'm all for helping your partner out when in times like that you know as I said, like when my boyfriend cooks me dinner and I'm when I'm really busy and I'm literally like so appreciative of it. Like I love shit like that. Acts of service is it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I love all the love languages, but I'm saying she was doing this to the point that like it was honestly sucking the life out of her. And it was so sad to see and to watch it happen. And anytime I would see her, she'd talk about how shit she felt about herself and how she just didn't feel herself. So it wasn't just like me looking in, kind of jumping to conclusions or making assumptions, thinking this was happening. Like she was very much even communicating that to me. And yeah, it was really devastating to see. And to be honest, I don't even know if she has fully got her spark back to this day. And this was a while ago that I'm talking now. So ultimately... She just like was never putting herself or her happiness first in that situation. And I think that is what the crux of codependency is. It's not putting your happiness or your needs first and just doing something because your partner wants 
to do it but you don't necessarily want to and I think it almost gets to a point where you are people pleasing so much and doing so much of what they want to do you actually almost lose not lose track well how do I describe this like you forget what actually you want to do you forget how to think for yourself because you're so fixated on people pleasing them and doing what they want to do that you think that's what makes you happy because you're just happy when they're when you see them happy do you know what I mean so then it gets to a point where you actually don't even know what makes you happy anymore because your happiness just comes from them being happy but that's all just rooted in doing what they want to do and not thinking for yourself and what you want to do it's also an extreme lack of boundaries and I think if you've got two people who are both bad at creating boundaries you've got like a what do you call it you've basically just got grounds for codependency to grow I think you it's always good to have one person in a relationship at least I mean obviously ideally both people would be good at setting boundaries like in a good healthy relationship but at least one person it's good to be able to have them to set the boundaries if you've got two people that just have no idea how to set any boundaries like god codependency is gonna it's gonna be brewing (laughs) you know that phrase that people say actually she was talking about it in the book that I'm reading the notes on heartbreak one about the phrase where it's like how can you how can you be in a relationship or how can you expect someone to love you when you don't love yourself and I don't necessarily believe in that phrase like a hundred percent but I do kind of understand what it's getting at like you don't need to be a fully fledged like perfect person that loves absolutely every part of you just to be in a relationship or for someone else to love you I think that's a bit far-fetched and unrealistic because you know who is actually at that point in their life I don't know (laughs) but I think if you break that phrase down what it really means is like how can you expect to be in a healthy relationship when you don't like you don't accept yourself and there's so many parts of yourself that you hate and don't accept and need like constant reassurance from someone else as a result of and you seek that in a relationship right and then as a result of you seeking that validity or that reassurance in a partner then you end up having this like codependent relationship like you need kind of need to find that acceptance within yourself and that's not to say you need to love absolutely every part of yourself from head to toe like as I said I do think that's unrealistic but you can't like go to someone looking for all of that love and acceptance in them and don't get me wrong I think partners can definitely help you on your journey to like self-acceptance and self-love that's not to be undermined all there's nothing wrong with that like I think it's actually so lovely that someone can help you appreciate your things that you would have seen as maybe flaws or your insecurities or things that you've struggled to accept over time and your partner helps you accept them because it's part of you that they absolutely love I think there's something really beautiful in that but I think if you like fully put all of that want for acceptance into another person like it's kind of a recipe for disaster and I think that's more what that phrase is kind of getting at as opposed to you need to fully love yourself before anyone else can love you. Anyway, I think a healthy relationship, right, that isn't codependent, what does that even look like? 
um, let's talk about it. I think it's all about communicating your own wants and needs and setting boundaries to keep your inner peace. And what those boundaries are looks different to everyone. And I used to hear that word boundaries and think it was a bit dramatic. Like, I don't know. I think I used to think it was bigger things than it actually was. Like boundaries isn't building walls up between you and other people and stopping you from getting close. If anything, it's the opposite. I think it's more simple things like being like, okay, I love my Wednesday and Thursday evenings where I meet up with the girls and have a movie night or I go to my yoga class and I come home and read and I don't want that to ever change. So like never ask me to do something in those nights. Like it's a very simple boundary kind of put in place that just ensures for your inner peace and your sanity and your friendships and all that, that you've got those nights in place all the time. Or maybe that, you know, when you go to your parents' house every Sunday for Sunday dinner, that you like that to be just you, just so you get that quality time with your parents. And, you know, you'll invite them along to other family things, of course, but you really appreciate having that time to catch up with your parents, like one-on-one, well, two-on-one. I think it's just like, more simple things like that is being able to set boundaries as opposed to these like I don't know what I used to think they were before I just used to hear the word boundaries and it was a bit of a buzzword and I was kind of like what the fuck's everyone setting all these boundaries for (laughs) healthy relationships as well it's definitely when like your their problems don't become your problems and I don't mean that in a way where you can't like help them through problems but you don't like emotionally take on their problems as if they're yours which can actually be a difficult thing to ensure when you're an empath. Because I know for me, like being an empath, I do really, I do really take, not take on other people's problems, but I really feel other people's emotions. I've really learned that over the last few years, especially times when I don't want to, like I genuinely don't want to, because you know times when you cry and then you're like, this isn't about me, like, stop crying, this is not my thing to cry about, but I literally can't stop, and I'm, that's just on being an empath, uh, and I get, I genuinely get infuriated at myself, because I'm like, you're making it look like you want this to be about you, and it's not about you, (laughs) it's about the other person who's actually going through it, but I can't not feel it, I don't know, it's, yeah, it it is hard, I think, being, you know what, that's a whole other podcast topic, is being an empath, (laughs) we'll talk about that another day what were we saying oh healthy relationships okay it's when yeah your problems aren't their problems and vice versa you respect each other you trust each other you support each other and I think a really key thing as well right is not necessarily making decisions as like a couple or always saying like we and always thinking for we like more thinking for yourself but also always being aware of how everything would affect them so never just passively doing things and then being like oh shit yeah that that actually would have really hurt them like I don't think that's what a healthy to me a healthy relationship is always like yes putting yourself first and putting your wants and needs and happiness first but also always having in your mind like how that's going to come across to your partner or how that would make them feel I think that's like a really key part in a relationship because I know I've been in relationships where I'm like how the fuck do you think that would have made me feel do you know what I mean use your brain (laughs) for two seconds use your brain 
I actually saw this really interesting uh, post on Instagram, right? It's basically doing like an empath versus a codependent and giving you like the two things side by side, okay? So under empath, it says, I feel deeply for self and in turn others, whereas codependent, I feel others' feelings for them. Empath, I'm comfortable to allow others in their pain, but the codependent, I am comfortable with pain and want to help fix it. The empath says, I set limits for others without guilt. The codependent, I struggle to set limits for others. The empath, I am driven by my sense of self-love. Codependent, I am often driven by guilt, fear or worry. The empath, I can heal me, you can heal you. But the codependent, if I can help to heal you, then I can heal. Oh, and by the way, that's not me saying that you have to either be an empath or a codependent. There's people that aren't either of those two things. But I think the comparison is good because like when I was when I was thinking about this topic and when I was like reading into codependency, I was like, oh, but, you know, as an empath, I feel like I do feel other people's feelings a lot. And like, does that make me codependent? And then so it's really nice to see these two things side by side and like the difference in them, because it kind of assures me that I am definitely an empath and not the codependent side, which is good. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be either of those two things. In fact, I know a lot of people that aren't either of those two things. You can be a lot more avoidant, which means you definitely wouldn't be <laughs> an empath or a codependent. But yeah, if like me, you were almost not confused between the two, but you were thinking that the two almost sounded a bit similar. I feel like that's a very assuring way to separate them. I think that's all I have to talk on this week's podcast topic. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave a little comment if you swipe up on Spotify and it'll say, what did you think of this episode? Tell me what you thought. I love seeing your comments. Keep sharing the podcast on your Instagram stories. I love seeing where you're listening to the episodes. Your continued love and support honestly means the absolute world to me. I'm so grateful for you guys. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.